the book of Revelation, chapter 4 and verse 1. The Bible teaches tonight, And after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will shew thee things which must be hereafter. We've been on hereafter throughout this week. That's been our theme. And uh, if we can, this evening, just right here. Yes, sir. Just just like that. Uh, Jordan, if you would, pull that plunger and roll that board over for me, please. Uh, the book of uh, Revelations, chapter number 6. We left off last night. We covered two of the seals. We covered uh, the rider on the white horse, which represents the Antichrist. We uh, covered, uh, somebody remember what the second horse color was? Red. Red. And it, it represents what? War. 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 Uh, so we know that after the church is out of here, we know that the Antichrist raises, and then we know that the seven years of tribulation, uh, somebody can correct me, yeah, here it is, 1260 days and 1260 days, or 42 months and 42 months, or three and a half years and three and a half years, unto the halfway point, Daniel 9 and 27 teaches us about the Antichrist raising up and uh, uh, striking a covenant with all these nations, then in the midst of the week, right here at this point, in the midst of the week, the Antichrist comes. He sits on the throne in the temple, if you will. He sits in the temple, uh, and we find that he offer, that he stops all of the uh, offerings, all of the sacrifices that are taking place. And we find, according to the Scripture, uh, that there is absolutely great turmoil. Now, let me just say tonight... There is always going to be great turmoil where the Lord Jesus Christ is not. You cannot have peace without the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of Revelation again, chapter 6. And God will in verse number 1. And we would ask if you would, uh, I, we're just going to try to reread back through just a couple of those verses. Chapter 6 and verse number 1. And the Bible teaches tonight in the book of Revelation chapter number 6 and verse number 1 as we've tried to add to this board nightly except tonight. We added to the backside of it and we'll cover that here in just a few minutes. And I saw when the Lamb, and that Lamb is the Lord Jesus Christ in the context of the Scripture. He's in heaven. He's, uh, thank God, there at the throne room. The Bible says, and I saw, this is John the Revelator, uh, the Apostle John, as he's writing down what he sees. And when I saw the Lamb open one of the seals, and I heard as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow. And if you'll remember last night, we hit on that there is the absence of arrows. Uh, he came in false peace. He came uh, and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. 
And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse. That was red. Same fellow riding, but a different horse. This one is the red horse. And power was given to him that sat thereon to make peace, or to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And we uh, spoke last night about how that is representing this Antichrist is going to uh, be over. He's going to take on uh, uh, command, if you will, of the military. You say, preacher, I don't believe it could happen like that. Well, just hold on to the end of this service tonight. And we try to convince you of that based on the Word of God and some recent activities that have happened in the last few months, look with me in verse number 5. Revelations chapter number 6, verse number 5. We see a different horse. The Bible says, And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I, had, I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see, thou hurt not the oil and the wine. You say, Preacher, what's that? Uh, what's that uh, black horse? What does he represent? He represents dirt. He represents famine. If you think tonight that this world has seen unemployment, it's not seen nothing yet. Amen. Whenever that the Antichrist rises, he's controlling the world's armies. Amen. He's ushering things and people and nations in under a false peace, and he's doing that in order to get power, if you will. We find uh, that this black horse, as he represents uh, famine, and as he represents dearth, and he, you just imagine tonight uh, how that uh, the scripture teaches us that a loaf of bread, if you will, will cost how much? A penny. A, penny? a day's wages. That's what a penny was. In the scripture we find tonight, we see here on this first or on this third seal, which is where we left off last night, we see that the black horse comes and we see why is it you think, preacher, that there was a black horse? Well, do you remember what preceded the black horse? War. How do you think that uh, Europe was after the World War? People didn't go into work the next day. People didn't go down to their local corner store and pick up a loaf of bread. People had to hunt and peck and scurry around to find food. Say, preacher, I don't believe that. Well, look at the Vietnam War. Look at the pottage. Look at the, the rice fields. You, you, I mean, think about that for just a minute. You think about America and thank God 
that we've only been invaded on American soil by a foreign military one time, and that was in World War II, and that was at Pearl Harbor. Thank God that the lower 58 has never been invaded. I don't know about you, but that, thank God, I thank Amen. God for that tonight, Amen. for the security that we are living in. Well, let me just stop right here and say, do you think that after this, uh, this uh, uh, Antichrist raises in this power, he went forward, uh, uh, if you remember, as he was on the white horse, he had a bow, he had a bow, he had no arrows, and he went forth conquering to and to conquer. Then we find that uh, a sword was given unto him. What's a sword used for? It's surely not used to write letters. It's not used to open the mail. We find that the red horse come, and we find that there's great war, and we find that when the black horse comes, that there's great famine. Let me just stop right here and say, Sam Walton and Walmart will not be able to provide the food that you need Amen. after this rider on the red horse comes. Uh, you're not going to go down to your local Kroger store. Uh, you're not going to go down to the local food land or the local Piggly Wiggly uh, and to be able to, you're not going to be able to run through McDonald's uh, and get you a Big Mac uh, and, and order fries and a large sweet tea. Uh, neighbor, you understand tonight uh, that when these seals are open, uh, judgment upon this world uh, is starting to take place uh, and the things that you and I are accustomed to tonight uh, are going to be gone. I think about losing weight. Sometimes maybe a little more than I should. I've been having back problems recently and leg problems and I've tried to lose a little bit of weight. And I've tried to skip my supper because I eat a big dinner. But can I tell you tonight, there's times that hunger pains yeah. move in. Yeah. And to satisfy those hunger pains, we'll get up and get us a bag of sour cream and onion ruffled potato chips. Maybe that's not for you. <laughs> big bowl of uh, sour cream and onion Dip. Yeah. I mean, you'd have thought if y'all saved, y'all done shouting all over the building by the time I'm, I'm talking too. Get up off the couch and grab you, uh, go to the refrigerator and get some of that Kentucky Fried Chicken that was left over from two nights ago. Amen. Well, see, I got a preacher shouting. I got all the chicken. See, I know I can get an amen out of one of them. Well, what are you saying tonight, preacher? There's coming a day you're not going to have the opportunity to get leftovers. Amen. Yeah. By the way, well, I better not. You understand tonight that the time that we're living in is going to change. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Look with me at this these next verses tonight. Because I want you to I, I want you to get a hold of this and I want you to understand. Well, first of all, before I say that, uh, my, the scripture, uh, I, I cannot put my finger on the scripture, and if you know some of the scripture, uh, you, you can quote it out. For me tonight, that'd be a big help. I had it in my uh, tribulation notes, and I did not transfer that to uh, this lesson uh, that the Scripture teaches us. I believe it was Elijah, if I'm not mistaken. The Scripture teaches us that there was a famine in the land. People was hungry, and that uh, the price for an ass's head, the lips, and the tongue, something that you and I wouldn't ordinarily think to eat, 
They, they were driving the price way up because they were in a pain. Well, preacher, why are you telling us that? I'm telling you that tonight because if you've got any cows out on the farm, they're gone. Well, why, why would they be gone, preacher? You, those neighbors? <laughs> yeah. Preacher, that never would happen. Let me just stop right here and say, I know that I'm saved. I know my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but let me just stop right here. If I could not provide for my children, and my babies were hungry, and I had only one way to give them food, I would do anything that it took to provide for my children. You say, preacher, you're a preacher, and you say something like that, well, you just put yourself in the position of having children that is crying in agony, that is crying in hunger, that is not satisfied. Their little bellies are starting to swell up because there's no food going into their body. Their veins are starting to get smaller and collapse because they're dehydrated. You understand the kind of conditions I'm talking about tonight? It's not the kind of condition we're living in right now. Well, let's just look at right now. We're living in a day and a time where a lot of parents of children, school-age children, depends on the school system to feed their kids and to send food home for their children so the children can eat. Preacher, I don't believe that. How about through this pandemic? School buses running up down the holler, school buses running up down the road. You know what they were doing? They were not running school kids. They were running food. We're living in a time where we're taking for granted where we've got more than we've ever had, yet we have nothing. Preach, why are you telling us that? I want you to look at this next course. Look with me in, in uh, the, the book of Revelation, chapter 6 and verse 7. I want you to look at this horse tonight. The Bible teaches, and when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice uh, of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And his name that set on him was death, and hell followed after him. And power was given unto him, or unto them, over the fourth part of the earth, to kill with the sword, and with what? Hunger, and with death. And with the beast. I love the deer hunt. But there's coming a day when them deer is going to be the ones doing the hunting. Yeah. You look at me like a calf looking at a new gate if you want to. There's coming a day when your neighborhood dog is going to be the one doing the hunting. There's coming a day when that turkey that we love to hunt it's going to be the one taking an inch and a quarter spurs and doing the hunting. There's coming a day. Huh. Preacher, are you serious? Well, let's just stop right here just a minute. We first of all had the white horse, and he was supposed to represent the peace. He was supposed to be, but it was false peace. It was the Antichrist. We seen the second horse, which was the, which was representing what? War. war. You know, whenever war happens. Most of the time in this day and age, uh, well, if, if you go to war with America after the war's over, we rebuild your country. Yeah, yeah, 
Boy, I better be quiet right here, hadn't I? <laughs> Help me, Lord. The red horse comes and he brings forth war. And let me just stop right here and say, they will not rebuild the country at that time. Amen. After the red horse, we had the black horse. Is that right? We had the black horse come. And why do we have the black horse? Because it brings hunger, because it brings famine, because it brings dirt, because of all of the war, and because it disrupted the economic system, because it disrupted all of the political system, because it disrupted all of the business systems around this world. And we see this pale horse rider. We see this rider that sits upon this pale horse, and the Bible teaches that his that that the name that his name that set on him was death, and hell followed after him, and power was given unto him unto them over the fourth part of the earth. You think about that for just a minute. Hey, it's been a long time since I've looked looked at these numbers, but if I'm not mistaken, if you by the way, if you want to take a picture of this, you better take a picture of it real quick because I'm going to start racing for a reason here in just a minute. Uh, we find, uh, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, and if you know these numbers, please correct me, but if I'm not mistaken, the earth is made up of about 66% water. That means that the earth is two-thirds water and only a third part land. Well, preacher, why are you telling us this? We find that this scripture teaches that this rider on this pale horse, that power was given unto him over them, over a fourth part of the earth. Now, I'm going to make a statement, and I'm certainly not trying to be political with this statement, but an article that I heard, I listened to it on the news uh, several uh, months ago, said that China owns two and a half percent of the real estate in the United States. You say, preacher, that don't sound like a whole lot. Well, it is a whole lot. When you think about the amount of real estate, well, let's just put it this way. Father in law's got about 150 acres, and that's more than one family can take care of and keep up and to farm it and be able to provide for it. I live on three and a half acres, and that is more than I can keep up and take care of. Does anybody in here have more than 150 acres? Rhonda, Kenton, what do y'all have? 90. 90? 102? About 200 acres? An acre is, if I'm not mistaken, again, this, this has been a long time. I'm having to dig way back. It's 202 feet square. Is that right? 202 foot this way, 202 foot that way for one acre. Right. Say, preacher, that don't sound like a whole lot. I believe in Kanawha County, if I'm not mistaken, again, it's been at least 15 years since I applied for the permit. Roger, you might know this better than I, to put a septic system in if there's not one now. I think you have to have two acres, two acres, that's right, two acres of land in order to put a septic in. Preacher, why are you telling us that? If we're talking about uh, 202 by 202, what well, you see in a lot of subdivisions that are made up of half acres. If China owns 2.5%, let's stop right here. China owns, according to one article that I heard, I believe it's Tyson Chicken. Really? Wow. 
I didn't mean to upset you, Jay. I just upset Jay. Jay. Smithfield hams. Y'all seeing a pattern? Huh. Anybody know any of the other uh, companies? There was a whole list of them I read not too long ago. They have a couple of utility companies right now. Quite a few Several utility companies? I'm not sure. I think Germany or somebody in Germany owns that. Okay. They can get rid of it real quick. Oh, yeah. Well, preacher, why are you telling us this? China, I don't mean to upset your apple cart, but I'm just going to call it what it is. China's not your buddies. Amen. China is not your friends. You understand that tonight? They are absolutely destroying Christians that are hiding in house churches in China. They are absolutely putting them under house arrest. They're absolutely, I read, a, I read a story about a young boy that had confessed Christ as his Savior several years ago. They took that boy and tried to get him to recant on his testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. He refused. They took his leg and nailed a board to his leg trying to get him to reverse his testimony. Preach, why are you telling us this? I'm telling you this because America is not a world power through the tribulation. I'm telling you this because if you're not saved, if you're not born again, if you're not going to heaven, you're going to be here. I'm telling you this tonight because I want you to understand that if you are saved, if you are written, if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, if you are born again, you're not going to breathe one breath of tribulation air. You realize, thank God, before it happens, I'm out of here. over a quarter of the earth. Why? Why would they have that kind of power? Well, for one reason. Look at verse number eight. To kill with the sword and with hunger. Now, in no way am I saying China is the Antichrist. Please don't take that out of context. But what I am saying, don't count on getting your Tyson's chicken through the tribulation. I ain't going to be here. Amen. I ain't either, Jay. There's going to be food up there, buddy. I guarantee you that. Preacher, what are you saying? To kill with the sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. How many of you know the triune Godhead? The Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Are we all in agreement so far? How many of you know the devil also has a Trinity? Grab your Bibles. Revelation 13 and 4. We're getting ready to go there. We see the dragon. We see the beast. And we see the false prophet. 
The dragon is anti-God. The beast is anti-son. And the false prophet is anti-spirit. Revelation 13 and verse 4. Is that what I said? Revolution, Revelation 13 and verse 4. The Bible, well, let me just drop up. Let me just drop up here and pick up verse 1. And then I'll be down through verse 4. It's important tonight. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him power and his, and his seat great authority. And I saw one of the heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the what? The dragon. the dragon. That's the devil. That's Satan. And the dragon was wroth. No, I'm sorry. I jumped on verse 17 here. Verse 4. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? You remember last night, 2 Thessalonians, as we read in your hearing, that God would send them a delusion yeah. and they would believe a lie yeah. that they might be damned. <laughs> Revelation 16, verse 13. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon. And out of the mouth of the beasts, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. There you've got the Trinity in one verse. Yeah. The dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. Revelations 19 and verse 20. The Bible teaches, and the beast was taken with him. The false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. Preacher, what's that all about? Thank God that's the that's one of the judgments. Amen. Revelations 20 and verse 10. Preacher, why are you continuing to read verses about the dragon? Because I want you to know that it's the devil. Amen. He's not your buddy. Amen. He came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Revelation 20 and verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, Amen. where the beast Amen. and the false prophets Amen. are, 
and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. I'm telling you tonight, the devil, which is your adversary, according to the word of God, he is the accuser yeah. of the brethren. Yeah. He is making accusation on you right now before God in heaven. He's calling you every name in the book. Yeah. But I want you to know tonight that Jesus knows the truth about you. Amen. Amen. You say, what do you mean, preacher? The devil's calling me a liar. He's calling me filthy. He's calling me a, a, a sinner. And he's right. But Jesus said, I have forgiven him. You realize tonight that that devil that aggravates you, that torments you, one day his time is going to be up. One day he's not going to torment you anymore. One day he's not going to teach you anymore. One day he's not going to talk you anymore. One day he's going to be kicked into the lake of fire, which burning forever and ever. And thank God, I'm going to say, Lord, would you let me just give him a good swift kick in the rear? Because I want you to know he is absolutely making our life rough. But one day it's going to be worth it all to endure unto the end. The Bible teaches tonight here in this great tribulation that people won't be able. Well, let me just pause for just a minute. Through this great tribulation, we find tonight that the wars are taking place on the earth. And we find tonight that the famine is taking place on the earth. And the war might be going on. You might hear that over in the Middle East, the wars are taking place and you might have seen a little bit of it here and you might be scurrying around trying to get you some food and somebody might say, well, so-and-so's got some down at so-and-so. But you won't be able to take your dollar bill. You won't be able to take your debit card. And you won't be able to get down there and purchase with what you've got in your pocket the food that they have. Revelation chapter 13. Let's look at this tonight. I'm, got, I'm not going to hold you as long tonight as I have held you. Bless him, Lord. I held you an hour the first two nights. Right. <clears throat> I held you about 50 minutes last night. Right away. I'm already 30 minutes in. Right and I'm away. thinking I'm going to get you out in 15 minutes. Think that's something. Right Wishful away. thinking, preacher. Revelation chapter 13, verse number 11. I want you to catch this and I want you to follow along with me tonight because I'm going to show you something tonight that I hope absolutely gets your attention. The mark of the beast. And let me just stop right here and say, I hate going to a store or to a restaurant and it coming up that I owe them $6.66. <laughs> Say, preacher, it don't bother me. Well, it bothers me. And you know what that store will drive me to do? I'll have to buy something else. Amen. Used to get, Jordan, this was before your time. Used to get three cent chewing gum. Yeah. Or a 
probably a quarter apiece now. <laughs> Revelation 13 and verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. If you look at the position of this beast, he didn't come riding on a horse. He didn't come out of the water. This beast came where? Out of the earth, out of the ground. Preacher, what are you saying? And he had two horns like a lamb. Whenever this beast was seen, people saw those two horns and called and said it looks like a lamb, and they must have thought he's a peaceful beast. He must be the answer to our problem. But watch this. And he spake as a dragon. His voice was rough. And he exerciseth all power of the first beast before him. And causeth, watch this, causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast. Whose deadly wound was healed. The Antichrist is going to be maybe an assassination, if I can say that word. Maybe an assassination attempt on his life, and he's going to be wounded. But this satanic trinity is going to heal him. Preach, why are you telling us this? Because I want you to understand what's going on. Because if you're left behind, there's going to be a day and a time, but this is real life. Preacher, I just don't believe that. Well, all I can do is give you the word of God, and that's all I can do. The Bible teaches in verse 13, and he doeth great wonders. Who does? This beast that came up out of the earth. So that he maketh fire to come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. You know what that was? That was a miracle before men. Why would he have power? Because God's already pulled back the veil of grace. He's already pulled back the restraint of the Holy Ghost. Remember in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, down around verse 7, only he that now liveth be taken out of the way. The Holy Spirit is out of the way. The Holy Spirit is not preventing these things from happening. You say, preacher, I just don't know that. If you think the devil is chained up tonight, it's absolutely only because God will not let anything come on you without his permission. Amen. Preacher, I don't know that that's scriptural. How about the book of Job? Amen. Job had ten sons and daughters and lost them, didn't he, Brother Bill? Had oxes and she-asses, had barns, and the wind came, destroyed them all. Well, preacher, why are you telling us this? Because there was a day in the book of Job that in chapter 1, the day when the sons of God came together, and the Bible says, and Satan cometh also. God asked Satan, where comest thou? He said, from walking to and from and up and down in the earth thereof. And God said, hast thou considered my good and faithful servant Job? You mean, you mean God has to give the devil permission to tempt me? Yeah. Let me just say something tonight. Maybe Monday night, maybe Tuesday night, one night this week, we all run together. 
We were on the foundation. We were on the rewards. Might have been the second. No, it doesn't matter what night it was. They were on. We were on the rewards, and they were on that foundation. Let me just stop right here tonight and say, I'm no match for the devil. Amen. Amen. But the Holy Spirit that lives in Amen. me Amen. is Amen. a match for the devil. Let's take Anthony and Jordan. Would y'all step up here and let me use you for a minute? Just stand here with your back against the board. Don't touch the board. I don't want you to get uh, marker on you. But just stand right there. Look pretty. Look handsome. Handsome looking man. I don't know why that was so funny. I think y'all pretty handsome fellas. Preacher, what are you saying? Let's say Jordan is not saved. Let's say, sorry. Let's say Anthony is saved. Two good fellas live in a community. Jordan don't go to church, could care less about church, rejected the Lord Jesus Christ in Bible school one year, shame on you. Anthony accepted the Lord, he's living for the Lord, faithful in the house of God, but when trouble comes, Jordan, same trouble, same conflict, maybe going through a family problem, same exact problem. Jordan, he's wrestling with it the best way he knows how, he goes down to the corner beer joints. Mm -hmm. yeah. He has him a few beers just to try to take the edge off. You know what you did? Just say yes. Amen. Preacher, what are you saying? The beers might have been fine for the first few days, for the first week or so. That problem's still going. Jordan might say, well, I'm not going home with the old lady. He's lost. Yeah. Anthony don't call his wife as he's saved. He loves her, respects her. Shame on you. <laughs> it must be real bad at home. Now Jordan goes home, goes out. He finds himself up a holler. One of his buddies, come on up here, Jordan, in the garage. We're just watching the race on TV, drinking a few beers. He gets up there. They start talking about their problems. Their buddies start talking. You don't need to go back to that. You can just stay up here with us. I've got a little room up in the garage. You can stay here and they get out of the meth pipe. Before long, it just keeps going down and down and down. The same problem comes in Anthony's life. He's got the Holy Spirit living in him. He's got his pastor. He's got his church that he can go to that would support the family. He can come to the altar and the church would gather around him, love on him and pray for him, pray for his situation. And he gets up, the problem ain't fixed, but he feels better about it. What's the difference? Amen. The difference is one didn't have the Holy Spirit of God and one did. Amen. The same problem, both young men, close in age, went through the same situation one can't cope with it. We're no match for it. Amen. But the one that heard the scripture, greater is he that is in you than you that is in the world. The one that heard the scripture that the peace of God passeth all understanding. The one that heard the scripture that I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. The one that heard the scripture I can be more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Preach, what are you saying tonight? All I'm simply trying to say tonight is if we think it's bad tonight, let's be honest, it's bad in a whole lot of times and a whole lot of different attributes. But we ain't, this world hasn't seen anything yet. Because what's going to happen? 
If this same situation were to take place during the tribulation, there's an angel. He wouldn't be here. Amen. That's right. He wouldn't be going through it. But he would. Right. He wouldn't have no peace. He would hear the news. He would hear all the war. He would hear how there's no food. They, they, just, they couldn't get the beer. So now they resulted to going up the hollow cooking uh, some uh, uh, white lightning. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we ought to have some confession tonight, Jordan. <laughs> I'm just thinking on that. I love you. You know that, right? Okay, thank God. I, you come through? Yeah. All right. <laughs> See, when the Holy Spirit comes out of the way and the church is gone. We're gone before the tribulation. Yeah. Now Jordan, he's here and he has no peace. He has no hope. Right. World's in shambles. Yep. Everything's going on all around him. He's got nobody to turn to. Amen. Now I've got to be careful. We used Brother Butcher last night and Brother Jeff and Brother Boone he teamed up on Brother Butcher. And Brother Butcher's not here this evening. <laughs> so I need to make sure y'all are back tomorrow night, okay? I'm picking. Brother Butcher, I love you, buddy. I'm sure you're watching us tonight. I'm picking on you. But here's what I'm trying to get us to understand. It's going to be a train wreck. Yeah. Amen. If you think families are going through a lot right now, there won't be foster care system, Vicky. There won't be the Children's Home Society up there at the bottom of Greenbrier Street Hill. See, all of these agencies will be in shambles. See, there, by the way, I hate to upset you, Apple Park, there won't be a Social Security check coming in each month. Amen? Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Won't be getting any royalties off the gas well off your property. See, all these things that we're accustomed to today are gone. Revelation 13, let me try to get back here before I get completely off track. Verse 13, and he does great wonders so that he make the fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of me. In verse 14, and deceive them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. Let's stop right here a minute and think about it. We've got this Black Lives Matter group. And by the way, all lives matter. Black don't matter any better than white. White don't matter any better than black. We all matter in the sight of the Lord. Amen. We've got Antifa running around. We've got all these groups tear down all these statues, tear down all these monuments. But here's coming a day. Did y'all catch what that verse said? Verse 14. Saying unto them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast. Why is it that our society today is wanting to erase all of this, these monuments and tear down all these statues and erase all of these things that have happened? But now in this time, they're ready to build a memorial. Cancel culture. Well, preacher, what are you saying? All I'm simply saying is it's amazing how things go full circle. That they should make an image 
to the beast which had the wound by the sword and did live. Who was that? It was the Antichrist. And he had power to give life under the image of the beast and the image of the beast should both speak, look at this next statement, and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Remember in the book of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, <coughs> they built, not Shabbat, Meshach, and Abednego, not those three Hebrew boys, but they were caught up in it. But the kingdom at that time built this golden image and said as soon as the music starts to play you bow down stop what you're doing bow down and worship the image am i in the book yeah. we find according to the word of god some of these princes came to the the king and said is this not the decree he said yeah he said well shadrach meshach and abednego they're refusing to bow and the king commanded that they would be bound up and their hosiery, and their clothing. Amen. And the furnace be cranked up seven times hotter. So hot that when those three young men were cast into the fire, that the ones throwing them in got burned up. Amen. The king came over to the furnace because he wanted to watch them burn. He looked on the inside and he asked a question. He said, did we not... Back, did we not throw in three? Bam! Lo, I see four walking and look loose, and one looked as the son of man. You understand, right? That whenever they came out, the king called them out of the fire. They came out of the fire. There was no hurt on them. There was no hair burn on them. There was not even the smell of smoke because God protected them. Amen. But there's coming a time. You're going to be killed because you refuse right. to worship the image. Right. What are you saying, preacher? Verse 16. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. You think, well, preacher, why would they do that? Let's stop right here just a minute. And I want to put something, I want to put your mind at ease, at least from my perspective. And if you've got a different outlook, I'm not going to argue. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you. I'll just respectfully disagree and, and, and we'll move on. I do not believe that the COVID vaccine is the mark of the beast. I, I'm just being honest with you. Can't be. Oh yeah, we've heard that. Well, preacher, why well, I've had I've had people call me up and say, preacher, pastor, I, I I feel like I need to get this vaccine, but I'm hearing that it is the mark of the beast. I don't believe that's the case, and let me tell you why. Well, I'll tell you a whole lot of reasons why, but let me give you one obvious reason. Where do they give it to you? In the shoulder. Is that what that is that where they give it to you? Where's the mark going? I mean, if we're not careful, we'll believe a lie and be damned. I'm not telling you that the vaccine is the answer. But I'm not telling you it's not. 
All I'm telling you is related to the mark of the beast. If you want to get it, go get it. If you don't, don't. Amen? We in agreement with that? Yeah. Well, some of y'all look at me awful stern. <laughs> y'all need Jesus. <laughs> Why would they have this mark? Look in verse 17. And no man, and that no man might buy or sell. Why? Say he that had the mark. Or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Isn't that a peculiar statement? <laughs> Scripture doesn't give us what his name is. Just refers that he's the beast. Scripture doesn't give us <clears throat> the specificity of this statement, or does it? The, the name of the beast. Or the number of his name. What's that mean, the number? Look in verse 18. Here's wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man. And his number is six hundred three score and six. Somebody read me that number. Three score. Anybody remember what a score is? How many is three score? And what? There's the number of the beast. We in agreement? Anybody know what the number six means? Grab your Bibles and go to the book of Genesis. Means man and man. What is it? Man and man. Man Go to the book of Genesis, chapter 1. I'm going to try to back everything up with Scripture. You're going well. You're going well. You pray for me because I'm really starting to struggle here with this. The book of Genesis, chapter number 1, verse 27. Well, let me go back and pick up verse 23, and I'll start reading there just to make the preacher feel better. This is concerning the animal life that he just made, and the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind and cattle after their kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Watch this, verse 27. 
So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, them, he him, male and female. Created he them. Jump down to verse 31. And God saw that saw everything that he made, that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So the number six represents man. Go with me tonight to the book of Luke. Luke 159. Yeah, Luke 159. So are we all in agreement that the number of the beast is the number of man times three? Yep. Six, six, six. Not going to buy anything. Not going to sell anything. Unless you've accepted. <laughs> I'll just stop right there. The book of Luke. How many of you know what the number eight means? Anybody know what that means? No. New beginning. New beginning. New beginning. Hold on, I want to show you something. New beginning. Preacher, why are you showing us? Right, let's just back up. Let's just back up the scripture and let's look at it together. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, and verse 59. We find the Bible teaches as soon as I can find a place. Verse 59, the Bible teaches, and it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias. After the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so. See, it was it was an unculture at that time that if, you, if Jordan had a child, that if Jordan had a boy, they would name that boy Jordan. If Anthony had a child, he had that boy, Hunter's name would be Anthony. But watch this. And his mother answered and said, Not so. But he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of any kindred that is called by this name. See, they, the culture was starting to get messed up. Mm -hmm. What was going on? Was there was a new beginning. John, who was the forerunner for the Lord Jesus Christ, he came in the spirit of Elias, the spirit of Elijah. Preacher, why are you showing us this? Go with me to the book of Luke. Chapter 24, let me give you this one, and then I'll try to move on real quick, fast, like in a hurry, see if we can't get the airplane to circle the airport. Luke 24. Luke 24 and verse 1. How many of you know how many days is in a week? It's not a trick question. <laughs> Seven days in a week. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came up or they came unto the sepulcher bringing spices which they had prepared and certain others with them and they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. Preacher, what are you saying? On that first day of the week, which is also known as the eighth day of the week. What happened on that first day, which is also the eighth day of the week? 
a new beginning. Why was it a new beginning? It was a new beginning. So on on the, that day, the tomb had the stone, and the stone was rolled away. And guess what happened? The Lord Jesus Christ was no longer dead. Amen. He was no longer in the tomb. Preacher, why are you why are you saying that? It, that's why we worship on Sundays. The Sabbath day is the seventh day. The Sabbath day is on a Saturday. That's the Jewish Sabbath. But the Christian Sabbath is the eighth day. The first day of the week, which is a new beginning. You understand tonight? Are we all in agreement that eight is new beginning? Well, preacher, why would you tell us this? How many have ever heard of the teaching Geometria. Have you ever heard that? No, it's an A, Jason. I'm just a bad writer. Thanks for pointing my faults out, brother. I'm just picking, brother, Jason. I'm just picking. What are you saying, preacher? In this teaching, it teaches that every Hebrew letter and every Greek letter has a number that is assigned to it. Let's look at this. The scripture said, as we read in your hearing, in Revelation 13 and 17, let's go back and reread that. And that no man might buy or sell, save that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Did you get that? The number of his name. I don't know what his name's going to be, but it'll line up with geometria. It'll line up to 666. Well, preacher, how does that work? Well, let's look at the name. Let's look at the name Jesus. And in this study of geometria, you have to look at the Greek word that represents Jesus. And this, I'm not a Greek. I'm not a Greek. But this is the Greek writing for the name Jesus. These are the number, these are the same letters over here. Everybody see that? Over here. This is the same letter over here. I just put them instead of a horizontal form, I put them in a vertical form. Let me write this up here so you'll see what I'm saying. Just like this. Jesus is in a vertical form. Is everybody with me? Have I lost you? All right. Each one of these Greek letters has a number that is uh, equals to that number. The first number. Who's in here good with math? Somebody get a calculator. Adam's not here. John's in school. He's old. He's teaching. Hold on, I'm going to tell them to you. That is my writing is. I might have to read them to you. These are the numbers that are that are assigned to each of these letters. What? What was that? Yeah. Well, what's that mean? See, take that. 
How many of you know Jesus? He's not here to take something from you. The number it's eight hundred seventy. Four hundred, six hundred, eight hundred, seventy, eighty, eight. I'm sorry, Brother Bill. Am I writing again? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So we've got the number of man is six. The number of new beginning is eight. The number of the mark of the beast is six sixty six. And the number of Jesus is 888. Preacher, why are you telling us this? You get triple new beginnings with the Lord Jesus Christ. You said, Preacher, I don't believe that. How many times have you failed him? Yeah. How many times have you let him down? How many times has he asked you to do something and you didn't do it? How many times have you knowingly sinned? Amen. But he took you by. Amen. His grace is sufficient for all of our needs. You understand tonight that if you do it the devil's way, you're going to get it man's way. But if you do it God's way, I'm glad tonight. Thank God I'm glad for a new beginning in Jesus Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. All things become new. Preacher, why are you telling us this? You can stay here and look for the mark of the beast if you want to, but I'm taking my 888 and I'm heading home. Do you realize tonight that one day the last trump of God's going to sound and I'm going to get on board Flight 888 bound for glory? I'm going to go to a land where we'll never grow old. I'm going to a land where there'll be no sickness, no sorrow, no pain, no death, and none of this hell on earth is going to touch me. In glory. Yeah, right. You can stay here if you want to. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Preacher, why are you telling me this tonight? I know this is different. I know that this uh, might have some of you scratching your head. I'm going to look at this verse. You want to come and get a picture of it a little bit. Well, take my word for it. You go study it out for yourself tonight. Preacher, why? Why? Because I'm trying to provoke you, children of God, to dig in to the Word of God. I'm trying to provoke you to dig in to what saith the Word of Lord. What saith the Word of the Lord? Now let me just be honest. I've got backslidden family members that I don't want to be left here. Amen. I've got backslidden neighbors that I don't want to be left here. I've got backslidden co-workers that I don't want to be left here. I've got lost neighbors. I've got lost family. I've got lost friends that I don't want to be left here. But they are if they reject Jesus. 